0: super talk mississippi media production have you been seriously injured mama justice is here for you our medical team partners with top-notch doctors surgeons therapists and urologists ensuring a comprehensive recovery journey if you've been injured call mama justice today we're here for you you're listening to the rebel report podcast where it's all old Miss all the time Here's your host, Michael Borkey. Welcome in, everybody, to the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borkey. Glad that you are with me on this Tuesday night. Just wrapped up a really good uh, hour-long live stream talking. Uh, we started talking, anyway, about uh, Jackson Dart's return to Ole Miss. That led the conversation. Then we got into college football playoff conversation and more. So it was a really good conversation. But before we get into it, I want to ask you, first of all, to subscribe to this podcast. If you have not already, just search Rebel Report wherever you get them. Subscribe and leave a rating and a review. Also, follow me on social media, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, at Michael Borky, B-O-R-K-E-Y. And this podcast is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. Check them out online, absms.com. Advantage Business Systems has you covered uh, for all of your office technology needs. So, again, if you're a Mississippi business and you need office tech, absms.com is the website. Tell them I sent you, and you'll get a complimentary office technology assessment. Also, the podcast is brought to you by Priority One Bank. Let them make you their priority. With 16 locations here in Mississippi, there's likely one in your backyard. They make me their priority. Just like all of their customers with their online banking platform, all you need is an internet connection, and you can do everything you need to do with your money. You don't need multiple apps to manage all of your money, because Priority One Bank makes you their priority. All right, here it is, live chat talking Jackson Dart and more with you. Enjoy it, and I'll talk to you. We'll talk some basketball. Uh, on tomorrow's edition of the podcast and then we'll do another live chat on Thursday and then we'll do a post-game recap of basketball on Saturday. Busy, busy week up coming. Glad you guys are with me. Here that live chat is right now. The news of the day is uh, not surprising a- at all. It, it really, it, it wouldn't have made sense for any outcome besides this one to really happen, right? Uh, but still, you got the announcement that Jackson Dart is returning to Ole Miss. He put a video on Uh, Instagram, I guess, is where it started. It made its way over to Twitter, and now you've got, uh, there's like a clip to a podcast he did. Uh, It's the new age, and it doesn't bother me. I I couldn't possibly care less uh, how they do it. In fact, I kind of like that uh, the players can kind of have their own, like, news cycle that they can create on their own. I think it's actually kind of a a cool thing, even though social media is a, a drain on society at this point. I say that as somebody that spends too much time on social media. Um, I like that the players can actually kind of do this on their own as opposed to having to, you know, like reach out to a publication to do it. Social media actually gives us a little bit of creativity there. And you got to see like a cool announcement video from the quarterback announcing his returning to his school. Actually kind of like that. But you, you don't really you're not here to talk about the videos. You're here to talk about what that news Uh, actually means and it's not surprising we've talked about it before I know that he spent the last few weeks kind of playing coy uh, about deciding whether or not he's going to return to Ole Miss and as I said a couple weeks ago to you guys I think it was a couple weeks ago and it bears repeating there was no way that Trey Harris and Jordan Watkins and Caden Priestcorn announced their return to Ole Miss there was no way that Juice Wells uh, announced his commitment to Ole Miss If they didn't know who their quarterback was going to be, there was no way that Lane Kiffin was going to not engage with portal quarterbacks at all. If he didn't know who his quarterback was going to be, this was always going to be the end result. Jackson Dart was always going to end up back at Ole Miss, but it wasn't without uh, some ponying up uh, from Ole Miss. So those two things can be true at once, right? This was always going to be the outcome. It would not have made sense for Jackson Dart to go anywhere else. But also, I mean, the, the, the word is, for whatever it's worth to you, that he got a really substantial NIL deal. I mean, a, a really substantial NIL deal. Um, If what I heard is accurate, he's the highest paid player on the team. And frankly, I, I am totally, like, like you're not going to hear me bemoan the concept of your three-year starting quarterback who just threw for 3,400 yards, ran for another 400, had like what was it, 30, No. know, 25, yeah, like 33 touchdowns uh, to only five turnovers. I mean, you're just, you, you don't get players like that very often. So if it required a substantial raise in the NIL game to make sure that he didn't actually explore options elsewhere, then it's absolutely something that you have to do. Guys like Jackson Dart are, are not going to be very common in today's college football. I mean, he, this is his fourth year starting games in college. Don't forget about his time at USC, too. So he's a three-year starter at Ole Miss, but this will be his fourth year starting games in college. So a veteran guy, played at a really, really, really high level this season, dramatically improved. The the glue guy in that locker room, the culture setter on that team, Jackson Dart is a major, major, major reason why Ole Miss won 11 games this season. And so, him getting a substantial pay raise is not something that you should even think twice about. That is absolutely what should have happened if that is in fact what happened, which you know, uh, of course, it did. But th- that should not be anything other than yes, you do that. You keep a quarterback like this, and uh, the, and you move on. Uh, he has earned that if that is in fact a, a, the the case. If that is in fact true, he has absolutely earned it with his play, and also with uh, how he commands the, the team and the locker room. And on top of it all, guys, I mean, you got to think about this kind of in the same way that you think of NFL players. He's very marketable, and that's that's valuable. That's important to a program because you have to raise money. You have to sell tickets. Ole Miss, if they're doing it the right way, is going to spend the entire offseason doing a Heisman campaign. And and he's marketable. He's, he's sharp. Uh, he's a good player. He's tough as hell. He's got an interesting backstory. I mean, you've got the the pictures of, of him holding up a mountain lion. I mean, there's there, there's a lot of angles that you can take to market Jackson Dart to the college football world. So what the school is going to get, and I know the school doesn't pay him, but you get my point, what the school is going to, to get on their investment from Jackson Dart is a great return. It's a very big return. So the, it, the money... you you just have to do it it makes sense you you have to keep a guy like that it makes sense for him to not go anywhere else it never would have made sense for him to go anywhere else considering who is coaching him and what is returning and what is being brought into that team it's a win for Ole Miss it's a win for Jackson Dart it makes all the sense in the world it's a win for the Grove Collective it's a win for fans And, and now now the conversation will be moving forward what can he be, what this team can be, and also his legacy at the school that has had a plethora of really high-level quarterback play over the years. I mean, you've got two guys uh, with Manning in their name, and more recently, I mean, you you have, you have Bo Wallace, who helped bring Ole Miss out of the wilderness before Hugh Freeze just chopped them right back into the wilderness. Uh, you had Matt Corral leave behind a really good legacy at Ole Miss, and I mean, talk about Back to back quarterbacks, really at Ole Miss, and throw Jordan Ta'amu in there as well. But you go Kelly. I know Shea Patterson was mixed in there as well. But you you had Kelly, and you had to Ta- Amu, and you had Corral, and now you have Dart. That's a hell of a run uh, for quarterbacks. And frankly, I think right now you've got the best one, and uh, locking him up makes a uh, makes a ton of sense. So Jackson Dart returning for Ole Miss, that the hype machine is going to be on full blast. Understandably so, when you've got a quarterback this experienced. It's going to come with the territory. I'm very curious to see how he's going to handle this. The last two off seasons, he's had to deal with like internal stuff where he had a, the battle with Altmaier and then Spencer Sanders came in. And although Spencer Sanders never really challenged him for his job, that was still something internally he had to deal with. Now it's all going to be external. All of college football's eyes are going to be on Jackson Dart, they're going to talk about this Ole Miss team. It's going to be a preseason top seven-ish team going into the year. People are going to talk about a championship. They're going to talk about playoffs, and it's going to be really riding on his shoulders. He's going to go to SEC media days, and they're going to ask him about Heisman. They're going to ask him about playoff. They're going to ask him about NFL. They're going to ask him about all this stuff. The spotlight's going to be on him with nothing else going on. I'm curious to see how he'll handle that. There's been no indication that he'll handle it anything other than than with uh, Grace and 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 Well because he's just done everything at Ole Miss with both of those things. However, it's it's different, so that's something to keep an eye on. So um, it's a big deal, although it was an expected. Deal returning your quarterback for a third year is massive. I mean, you look around college football; this just really doesn't happen. I mean, even Dylan Gabriel was kind of forced out of Oklahoma. You know, even that situation. Got weird the the Bo Nixes of the world and I mean he transferred out of Auburn but uh, guys that stay in college for as long as as Jackson Dart is and specifically at one college as a starter for three years is just rare it just is not going to happen very much anymore and um, and soak it in Ole Miss fans because this is what you've uh, this is what you got so uh, we'll get to your comments now and uh, we'll talk about whatever you want of course you want to talk about college football playoff national title we can most certainly do that. Uh, whatever you want for the next uh, 30 minutes or so. So let's get into it. Waiting for the ESPN 30 for 30 on the 2024 Ole Miss football team is the uh, is the first one. Um, you know, each each offseason for Ole Miss, as long as Kiffin's there, is going to have its unique set of challenges, uh, right? So um, there is an influx of new players that they're going to depend on. They're going to depend on Juice Wells. How is he going to handle um, – not necessarily being wide receiver one, right? I mean, I think it, it's possible he's the most talented guy in that room. But Harrison Watkins are are already there. You know, will he will he acclimate well? Uh, because if he does, it'll be great. But th- there's also a chance, I suppose, that he doesn't. Uh, will guys like Uman Mielin and and Nolan come in and acclimate to the to the room uh, right away? Can they kind of rebuild the secondary that's losing some pieces to the NFL? Uh, with these new faces, can all of that gel and, and acclimate? That is um, that is still a question mark. Now you love the the experience that all of their portal guys have, and the, the high level play that they've put on the field already. But there's still that that secondary thing, the acclimation into that team into that program, and if they can do it, if that answer is yes, anything short of of a playoff game would be. It would be a failure. That's how talented this team is, especially returning your quarterback. Knock on wood. If health uh, is normal next season, then they've got no excuses. You know, the the build the build is over. The winning time is now. Preseason top five for Ole Miss is very realistic. You only see Alabama, Georgia, Michigan, and Texas ahead as of right now. Ole Miss or Ohio State is replacing a lot. Yes, they are. Uh, so who else could it be? Um, Washington's losing a lot as well. Ohio State's losing a lot. Ole Miss will be ranked ahead, Ohio State, uh, in the in the preseason, I think. Um, I think that they will. So. Whereas Missouri, I think Ole Miss will be ranked ahead of Missouri, even if Missouri finishes ahead of Ole Miss. So, um, who else are we talking about here? Oregon's losing Bo Nicks. I know they get Gabriel, but so possibly Oregon could be ranked ahead of Ole Miss early on. But yeah, somewhere between five and seven. Yeah, for uh, for sure, somewhere between five and seven. Also, if you look at the schedules for next year, most of, if not all, of the teams ranked ahead of Ole Miss play each other at some point. If Ole Miss starts six and zero, they could be number two or three headed to Baton Rouge. Could you imagine what that game is going to feel like if Ole Miss goes into into Tiger Stadium ranked in the top five? What kind of environment that will be? the The hate, the the energy will be unbelievable. Um, and you just, you don't get, you haven't gotten that very often, you know, that, that will be unbelievable. You heard Dart had two massive offers behind the scenes. You don't know if Florida State was one of them, but it wouldn't surprise you. Ohio State as well. Um, I mean, you could name a lot of teams that wouldn't surprise me. Hell, I, I mean, even teams that have a quote established starter. It, like, if I'm Clemson, and I know Dabo doesn't use the portal, this is just an example, right? So, um, if I'm Clemson, I'm making, I would have made a run at Jackson Dart because he's significantly better than uh, than Klubnik. If I'm Ohio State, obviously, uh, I, I would have done the same. If I was any program, really, I, I would have at least gauged the interest to see if he was unhappy or whatever, and if he'd be willing to take a a pretty substantial deal. But I don't know what his offer is or what the actual dollar amount of his deal is. I I truly don't know. Uh, But Jackson Nord is absolutely the kind of quarterback that had he put his name in the portal that Matt Rule was talking about, where he could have gotten a a million and a half uh, up to two million dollars, could have if he wanted to get teams into a bidding war and, and things like that. So if what you're saying is true, he had two massive offers behind the scenes. I, I believe that uh, completely Florida state's interesting. Cause I, I know they just locked up DJ. Uyanglale. I know Ohio state's engaged with uh, the Kansas state transfer, but neither of those would surprise me because if I was Ohio state, I would want Jackson dart on my team. Cause I think I could win a national championship with Jackson dart on my team uh, if I'm Ohio state, but the, the best decision and the most practical decision was the one uh, that happened though. Him leaving for any of those places would not have made sense, considering what Ole Miss is returning and, and like the uh, the established foothold that he currently has on on the program and, and the culture around that team. It wouldn't have made sense to leave, uh, barring Ole Miss not offering him uh, really a whole lot of money. So that's uh, that's that's how it ended up. So I love these Twitter bots, by the way. I, I get. I mean. I don't know about you guys. I get, like, crypto bots all the time, and it's just ridiculous. Sorry, I'm just getting one right now. That um, is just so annoying. You you would think that they could get that under control, but I, I guess not. Anyway, Dart earned his NIL deal. He has worked his butt off the last two years. And, see, that's the thing. He he hasn't just played at a really high level. He has. But the, the way he plays, I, I think, is um, – the kind of thing that that is infectious around a team and can kind of galvanize a fan base as well. I mean, it's, it's clear as day that he has um, played hurt, frankly injured. You know how high school football coaches used to say that there's a difference between hurt and injured? He's played injured uh, this year, um, and you could tell. I mean, that that hit that he took in the Georgia game and to not miss any time after that Georgia game uh, was insane. I, I mean, uh, what what do you think he was health-wise in Starkville? What? 50%? Probably not even 50%. And he still like lowered his head and, and delivered hits and, and made plays and was still physical and, and brought energy. It's not just that he's a good quarterback. There are good quarterbacks that don't bring whatever that is uh, to a football team. So, um, the, the way he plays, I, I think, is just as important as how well he plays, if that makes sense, the style in which he approaches the game. And again, going from Corral, who, who played the same way, to Dart is, is special when it comes to the, the, the type of quarterback that you had because they're not all built the way those two guys are built, and certainly they're not all built like the way Jackson Dart is built. He, he, when it comes to play on the field and also marketing in, in potential um, he's worth every penny uh, that he'll get from Ole Miss over the next twelve months. Uh, absolutely worth every penny uh, that that he will get. One hundred percent. He's not just a recruit, uh, not just a quarterback, but he's a recruiter too for the team. Yes, uh, both within re- roster retention and getting guys out of the portal. He's been heavily involved in in this. Uh, think. Uh, this is a bad comparison, but you know how Drew Brees uh, had the respect of the, the Saints' office? And, and a lot of NFL, like Tom Brady had the, the respect of the Patriots and the Bucks' offices to the point where they would sign players that he asked them to. Uh, a, a, I think, as far as I understand it, a similar phenomenon is going on with Ole Miss. Jackson Dart is, is heavily involved in um, recruiting players, as far as I understand it. Could be wrong, could be a mischaracterization, but um, he, he's he's involved in every aspect of the program. So with the money that's given to the Grove Collective, they need to spend it on the players that they need. You're fine with that. Yeah, exactly, especially when it's a quarterback like this one, right? Um, in hindsight, I mean, I, frankly, I, I kind of criticized it at the time, especially in hindsight, um, the, the Spencer Sanders deal uh, appeared to Kind of be a waste of money, and, and I know some people say that they gave him that money to keep him away from Auburn. I think that's an oversimplification of of the situation, but you know they didn't use him. It was a nice insurance policy, but but they didn't use him. There was at least there was the ability to criticize that decision, right? You you could disagree with the criticism, but at least there was validity to the criticism of why would you give Spencer Sanders a substantial amount of money to never play. In this case, I don't think there's – and nobody would. I have not seen a single Ole Miss fan be like, wait, they're paying him how much? That's too much. Not one. So I'm kind of just preaching to the choir here. But, no, there, there is no criticism to giving him uh, a, a deal that could possibly make him the highest paid player on the team. There's absolutely no reason not to do that. Uh, this is what you have a collective for uh, to keep guys like this on your team. So. Honestly, Tim, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know uh, who was who was trying to 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 get him. Um, I would assume basically everybody. Uh, when you have a quarterback that good, and in, in the volume of quarterback needy teams out there, I wouldn't be surprised if he or his representation was reached out by dozens of programs. If we're being honest, just shoot your shot. What's the worst he's going to say? No. Just you see, you know, find out if he's truly happy there. Find out if he's looking around, or possibly could be persuaded to look around. Turns out, didn't didn't happen. Didn't go down like that because he's staying at Ole Miss. So people will still whine about Florida State, but you think we got the four right teams because Georgia lost in the SEC title. They are a top four, but undeserving. Alabama's horrid line finally came back to cost them. Yeah, I was talking about that a little bit on on uh, Twitter today. I think the who would be favored discussion is the most invalid, worthless conversation that we have uh, in in college college football uh, discourse, lore, whatever you want to call it. I, I truly think that it is the worst conversation that that we have. Frankly, is who would be favored, and I saw that from from an uh, an Atlanta Journal Constitution got today. It was. Um, who would be favored, Georgia or Michigan or Georgia or Washington? And it's, I understand what you're doing. I truly do. And frankly, the answer is probably Georgia, but Georgia had their chance and they blew it. So, and also um, the odds makers are not always right. I mean, they thought Penn state was five points better than Ole Miss. How did that work out? They thought Texas was over a field goal better than Washington. They thought Oregon was better than Washington twice. And so using the who would be favored, it's such a empty argument because I think that, frankly, I think that Georgia is one of the four best teams in college football. I think they might be the best team. But Georgia played Alabama on a neutral field and they lost. Alabama played Michigan on a neutral field the next game, and they lost. So using the who would be favored is just so empty because games happened on the field, and Georgia lost to Alabama, who turned around and lost to Michigan. So if you want to use a a hypothetical odd to claim that Georgia is better than Michigan, that doesn't carry more weight, in my opinion, nor should it in anybody's opinion, frankly, then what a hypothetical odds maker would think would happen in the game. Too many people lean on that as if it's like the gospel, and they're often wrong. They're too often wrong to trump what happens on the actual field. So. You don't think people realize how young Dart is as a top quarterback? He's still only 20 years old. Yeah, he's um, shockingly it uh, shockingly experienced for somebody uh, of his age. Yeah, he's he's very young. And NFL teams are going to like that after this year. They're going to like his age. I mean, you've, you've usually got quarterbacks that are 24 at this point in their career coming out. And he'll be 21 uh, going through the interview process uh, next year with four years of starting experience in uh, in college. He's He's unique in that regard for sure. Here's the uh, the teaser for the 30 for 30. What if I told you that a troublemaker coach in a program that had been left for dead since the mid-20th century won it all? 30 for 30 presents for the love of a yellow lap. <laughs> uh no, I have not watched uh Dart on that uh, on that podcast yet. I've been planning on it, but I have not done that uh not done that yet. You wonder if Bama might portal for a quarterback. Milrow is nowhere remotely close to the past quarterbacks they've had. Michigan was just the better team and took it from them. Yeah, Bud Elliott, despite his uh, his crying about Florida State today, and and I understand, trust me, I, I understand where he's coming from. I do, but wh- and I know it, there were a billion opt-outs, and it was the third stringers, and I get it, but if you lose by 60, if you lose by sixty, it's really hard to get people to sympathize with you belonged on the field with Michigan. I know it wasn't the starters. I know that I understand all that, but they lost by sixty freaking points, and that wasn't George's full strength either. I just i can't I can't sympathize with that as much when that was what happened on the field but i under I understand it truly, but he did make a really good point. Um, there's a reason Alabama brought in Tyler Buckner. Th- there's a reason they did that. So everybody was ragging on uh, Bill O'Brien for thinking that Milro wasn't good enough. And yet Nick Saban brought in a-, a guy that's now in the portal to go play lacrosse somewhere. Uh, they were terrified of the quarterback position. And after what they saw yesterday, they're going to watch the film, and they're still going to be terrified of the quarterback position. When the lights were brightest, when the opponent was the best, he folded, man. And and, and people can talk about game plans and stuff like that. Alabama was so limited with what they could try to do because their line was getting beat up, but also because they had a guy that clearly was not ready for that moment. It was clear he wasn't ready for that moment. And so, yeah, they, they – I mean, who are, the question, though, is who are they going to get? You know, who out there can hit the portal that you would think need to go get that guy? I brought up on the radio show today to kind of be an ass, uh, Arch Manning. Maybe they go after him uh, because he's not going to start this year. Yours is going to come back. At least it looks like it. So can Ole Miss be scary in 2024? They will be. Yes, they will be. I mean, look, they've got everything except for. Offensive line, and and that will soon be addressed. Um, th- there's, there's at least a couple more uh, that they're going to get, possibly two from other SEC schools uh, that are both in the portal currently. We'll see if that actually comes to fruition. But uh, that's the missing piece right now. I mean, they've got quarterback. They've got receivers. They've got tight end, possibly bringing in another one. They've got defensive line. I mean, they've got everything, man, that they they do to be, quote-unquote, scary. Got to add a couple more pieces on the offensive line. I expect that that's going to happen here very soon. You'd take dart over all the quarterbacks in the SEC next year. That includes whoever starts at Texas next year. Yeah, I would take – and yours was was good this year, but there are too many people that think yours is just like, boom, first team all SEC next year, like – I don't know, man. I, I've watched them both play, and I've watched them both play a lot. And if if I think if you gave Kiffin and Sark the option, I think I knew who they're both picking first. Could be wrong, but I think I think I know there. Washington once again gets doubted and goes out and kicks some ass. Penix and receivers were insane. NFL throws and catches all over the place. Glad Johnson's injury didn't cost them the game. Yeah, man, they, and we talked about them a lot this offseason going into the year. Not to toot my own horn, a lot of people did. It wasn't like I was special uh, in that regard, but, I mean, the receivers are elite. The offense is a lot of fun, but they're physical, too. They run the football well. They play good defense. They're not the best defense in the world. But they play good defense. I'm really curious to see how they match up with Michigan's physicality because I think creatively – um, they're in a better spot than Michigan is, and I will be rooting hard for Washington over those uh, over those cheaters. And yes, yeah, you brought it up too. People were overlooking how vulnerable Texas's pass defense was. Penix is good, Tim. I think you're underselling it. I think in hindsight, he should have won the Heisman. Yeah, Ole Miss is a couple of offensive linemen away from being a contender on paper for sure. If the offensive line gets some portal love in the coming weeks, there won't be a squad that isn't high end SEC caliber on the Ole Miss. Or won't be. Yeah, uh, won't be a position group that isn't high end SEC caliber on the team. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, curious to see about linebacker and, and uh, how personnel goes there. Um, Perkins does need to take a step forward, but Dudley looked really good in the bowl game. Um, that they, they did get Chris Paul Jr. That helps a ton. Uh, depth there is something that I'm curious about, and, and when what that looks like, and who they're able to keep uh, keep around. So, Fullness hosts a playoff game next season. What are the odds? The party is the biggest in Oxford history, and the Square birds to the ground. Uh, like minus six fifty. Um, that, that's an interesting thing that's going to happen now in next year's playoff. By the way, is what would you rather have? So hear me out. I know the first thing you're going to think is you'd rather have a buy, but hold on. If you were given the choice to not win your conference, right? So you don't win your conference, you don't play in the conference championship game, but you get a home playoff game, would you rather that or go win your conference and get a playoff bye? And here's why I bring that up, because it's the same amount of games. So let's pretend for a second, right? Ole Miss doesn't play Alabama next year, so let's pretend that Ole Miss goes eleven and one. us pretend that it happens. Georgia goes twelve and zero, and Alabama goes twelve and zero. Do they play each other? I don't think so. Do they? I need to look this up before I come up with this. Uh, before I come up with this scenario. So, oh, they do play Georgia. Shoot. Well, this kind of ruins that. But just, just, Ole Miss goes eleven and one, but they don't go to the SEC championship, right? So they're going to make the playoff, obvious playoff team, but they don't make the SEC championship. I think, this is going to sound crazy, I think you would rather that because you get your home, you get a playoff game at home, and it's the same amount of games. So you don't have to play in the SEC championship, and Georgia would, right? But Georgia would get a bye, but you essentially got a bye on conference championship Saturday. I would rather have the home playoff game. That's weird, I know, but I think that that's what I would rather have. That, that's an interesting thing that's going to come up in the first iteration of the 12-team playoff, is if you miss your conference championship, it's not the worst thing in the world because you're playing the same amount of games anyway. Florida State players who sat out the Orange Bowl tweeting after Bama lost was so embarrassing and pathetic. I agree. I agree. I I really don't think after what what happened, Florida State can say anything. I understand their frustration. Truly, I do. But when you get beat by 60, man, you should have played then. If if you wanted to prove a point to everybody, you should have played in the game. And since you didn't, you proved nothing to no one. Yes, we did get the best pair of semifinal games in the college football playoff era. I, th- I think we got them. And I don't think it was behind last year. I think these were the best two. Um, hopefully that doesn't mean Michigan blows out. Ooh, was this better? Ooh, was this better than last year? Man, Ohio State kicking a game-winner. As time expired on the new year, no, this was better. I think this one was better. I think TCU, Michigan, and, and Georgia, Ohio State was that was last year better than this year? I'm going this year. Recency bias is killing me. But no, we've never gotten three ga- three great games in the um, in the playoff era. Next in the portal for Ole Miss is uh, at least a pair of offensive linemen. Um, Depending on what Ulysses Bentley does, maybe another running back, possibly um, another linebacker, maybe also some more secondary help since they lose some bodies there. you think what will be interesting is the player retention after the spring? The players Ole Miss is getting are seemingly great, but can they retain depth? Uh, yeah there are going to be some guys that um yeah there are going to be some guys that uh that stay for now but leave maybe they see the writing on the wall or you, you've got some guys that are you know maybe second on the depth chart that are getting promised starts somewhere else yeah you, you'll see you'll see some guys leave after the spring as well always happens that way but you also bring guys in after the spring is what it is But yes, it's a good point. Whoever leaves cannot go to another SEC school. So, can we also touch on the group of five betting, getting an auto bid next year? Liberty were such frauds this season and stuff like that. Making it into the playoff would be a travesty. And I'm one of those people that's been okay with the group of five making the college football play, the 12 team version of the college football playoff. I've been okay with that and I've advocated for that. But Liberty. Uh, their inclusion did not help at uh, at all. But here's a stat for you, okay? This is from Taylor Adkins. Shout out Taylor Adkins for this one. Uh, group of five teams were four in five in New York six games going into Liberty's blowout loss. So they're now four and six. But in those nine games, of the five losses, so they won four. Of the five losses, their average margin of defeat was only 10 points. There, so generally they've shown competency in this game but liberty had no business being in there and, and frankly smu didn't either you saw what they did in their bowl game so um uh, it's a bad deal i mean th- this was this was a really bad showing for the group of five at a bad time because you've got the powers that be that are looking at changing the format they've already started implementing changing the format to begin with and if you're greg sankey and you look at the 12 team playoff and you look at how the rankings played out this year right and you could have an sec team like oklahoma get left out of the playoff which is what would have happened in favor of liberty who gets beat by a billion points by ohio state or whoever they match up with is that really something you want to sign up for probably not right so that that this was a bad time for the group of five to have a, a bad game. Liberty did not belong in this at all. They didn't play a power five game this year, and, and that showed. Um, yeah, that that was really bad. That was really really bad. Hey Memphis Rebel, glad to see you, man. PTG Brandon, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate you. You are you are way 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 too kind. Um, thank you for uh, for the super chat and thank you for being here, man. You are uh, you are too kind. Also. Uh, that looks like a black lab in uh, in your picture. I so I currently have a Brittany in a lab, and I love my Brittany to death. He's he's my buddy. He he was my my first dog, and uh, oh, when he goes, I don't know how I'll be able to continue in life. But the lab has shown me that all I need is labs for the rest of my life. That dog is loyal. I she's never been trained. She's got three legs. God bless her. So, um, but she's never been trained. She stays with me. She listens to everything I say. Where I go, she goes. She will not leave the yard. She will not run from me. She is incredible with my son. He pulls on her. He climbs on her. Doesn't matter. She's she's the best dog, the best dog in the, in the world. And so I will never not have labs for the rest of my life. So if that's yours, congrats on having the coolest dog on earth. How's my back? Better, but I'm still struggling. I, I mean, I'm just... I'm an old man. I mean, thanks to Bully Juice on YouTube. Isn't that his name? I think that's the guy that it... – yes. Uh, Bully Juice is the guy who's at-home workouts I've been following. And he did one where it was just like 15 minutes of different variations of burpees. And the next day I go to pick up a basketball and f- slip the disc or something. I, I mean, I've, I've been in bad shape for days. But I'm, I'm getting better. I'm going to start – work, you know, start being active again tomorrow, I think. But I'm still, like, sitting uncomfortably, and i got one of those braces that, like, goes around my stomach to to help hold me up because I'm an old man. 31 going on 61, uh, apparently. Yeah, Georgia had a ton of opt-outs, too. It's a bad excuse. Florida State thought they got screwed and they quit. Way to show the committee, guys. Yeah, they did. Do I think Kiffin would leave for the dumpster fire in Gainesville? No, I don't. No, I don't. And there are are national college football people that would say that I'm crazy and I'm being a homer or whatever. Look at what Florida is today and look at what Ole Miss is today. Florida's disorganized, poorly funded. And by the way, the facilities suck. I mean, it's not like it's like the shining. It's not like Alabama we're talking about here, or it's not like Georgia we're talking about here, where Georgia had the best of everything. But before they hired Kirby, they were just kind of respectable under Mark Richt but that's all they were and they they just kind of were hitting the ceiling but they had everything that you need the infrastructure at Georgia was perfect before Kirby took over the infrastructure at Florida both tangible and in in the new era space is awful it, it is awful and so tell me why without mentioning anything that happened before the year 2021 Why Florida right now is a better job than Ole Miss. Why Florida is a place that you should leave Ole Miss for. And do not say anything that happened or involves anything pre-2021. I bet you can't do it. I bet you can't do it because it's not anymore. So no, mm -mm, I don't think so. I truly don't think so. New blood in the championship is good, but you find yourself neither liking nor disliking either team. Kind of takes away from the game for you. William, I think you're crazy. I find myself hating Michigan. They are a perfect heel. I find myself hating, hating Michigan. Alabama tried to land Drake May, Tyler Van Dyke, and uh, Little Tua behind closed doors before the season. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Wonder if Harbaugh will actually leave Michigan and Brian Kelly dips from LSU to go there. Here's the thing, though, about that rumor. If you're Michigan, why are you hiring Brian Kelly? Why? Give me one good reason why. And especially the timing of it. Um, I, I don't want to call Brian Kelly overrated. But Brian Kelly's overrated, okay? He he is a good coach. He's had good teams, but has done this, constantly has done this through his entire career, both at Notre Dame and at LSU. Yes, they won the West last year. That was great. What else happened? What else happened? They got smoked in the SEC championship. They lost to a really, really bad Texas A&M team. A horrible Texas A&M team at the end of last year. And then look at what they are again this year. I just don't see it the way other people see it. And if I'm Michigan and you've got more sitting right there waiting for you, team loves him, he's going to recruit well, he's obviously a really good coach, one game is when Harbaugh was suspended, you're going to completely reset your program weeks after the portal closes? To, I don't know. I just I, I, Brian Kelly to Michigan does not make sense to me. If I were Michigan, I wouldn't want to go anywhere near that. I think they're just going to promote more, and they're going to keep on plugging. He is Harbaugh's next guy, I think. You're going to start fighting people if we don't start getting some respect in basketball from the Kim Palm nerd. Well, it's just an algorithm that that is simply all it is. Um, Ole Miss's non-conference schedule was was not particularly good, but they all, also they use like dated stuff, uh, and especially in this era, it's got to get adjusted some, but. All they have to do, man, and see, we said on the show today that they've got 18 conference games. Can they win nine of them? I'm not even totally convinced it has to be nine. But all they have to do is win one out of every two games for the rest of the season, and they're making the NCAA tournament, regardless of what, you know, Ken Palm or whatever says. Just that's all you have to do. Judkins to Colorado, LSU, or Oregon? Uh, why do you say that do you know something i don't um i mean it's it's possible it's always been possible that he leaves but th- there there is no as of this conversation on january 2nd at 8:30 p.m. um there there's no indication to think that that is going To happen. So. Not seeing how Kelly's advancing LSU's program at all. Me either. Not even a little bit. The best case scenario for any team next year is no conference title game and being the fifth seed, get a bye conference title week and get to host the G5 champion in a glorified bye. Absolutely. Yeah, we might we might have a shootout, Curtis, in the national championship game. Just entered via Facebook two minutes ago. I promise you the place that Quinchon Judkins will not be announcing his portal entry is on Facebook. So... Again, it certainly can happen. I'm not saying there, there's a zero percent chance it's going to happen, but I'm here to tell you that Facebook will not be the place where that gets uh, where that gets announced so Now you will say Judkins did kind of look checked out at the end of the game during the ceremony. I mean, he got 32 carries in the game, so. Maybe he's just tired. Yeah, like you said, maybe he's just tired. The way he ran, he didn't play like somebody that was checked out to me. So, you feel like Pete Golding uh, will be (laughs) around? I'm going to read this for the podcast people, Dustin. I, I know that this is a typo, but this is funny to me. Uh, so for those of you that aren't watching, that you're listening in, uh, on the podcast, I feel like Pete Golding, while long Gong be around for long, there has got to be some schools looking at him for a head coach in the new era, especially seeing how well he's doing in the portal. I think that he will be patient when it comes to jobs. I don't think that he's just going to up and jump at a G5 job. I, I think that his next, uh, he'll be a power five head coach next. And I think that he is willing to be really, really patient uh, to get that next job because I think that he's going to be patient. And, again, I don't know this for sure, but we we do talk about this a good bit on here. So I'm kind of being repetitive for those of you that have heard me say this before. But I do think that there there's a line of thinking anyway that he is going to wait for this job to come open. But The fan in you prefers hosting a playoff. Your liver prefers a buy. <laughs> uh appreciate you daniel uh thank you glad you're uh, glad you're here 11 and 1 playing host to washington yeah you'd much rather uh much rather have that home playoff game as opposed to the bye i think i agree there golding's defense finished 34th in scoring defense according to the stats he found today 63rd last year massive improvement already now imagine all that talent being added in year two and last year's team didn't have to play georgia on the road that uh that helped and they also didn't have to play the heisman trophy winner um, so, you know, yeah, I'm still, I, I was thinking about this Edward yesterday uh, as well, watching the game and in a group message I'm in, we were talking about that. I am not sure what Washington is, uh, is doing at the quarterback position, uh, moving forward. I am very surprised at the decision that they've made there um yeah Ole Ole Miss I think would make it at 10 and 2 next year 10 and 2 is is the mark to make the playoff generally speaking in the SEC Oregon wasn't even completely locked in and just destroyed Liberty Tulane really missed a golden opportunity to make back-to-back New Year's six games although they took a step back for sure same thing would have happened though same thing Uh, next year's playoffs will not have two group of five teams because things have changed. So, yes, there that it's it's five plus seven now instead of six plus six. So don't worry. uh, It's it's just down to one already. So. The only thing you'll get, Florida is the swamp is cool. It is cool. Uh, they have that, but. every restaurant in Oxford should have a would you like to donate a dollar to the Grove Collective button after every purchase at restaurants bars etc uh some of them already do that that's going to be common practice I I think moving forward until this whole situation gets figured out when it comes to player compensation because what would the towns be without really successful athletic programs not the same as they are yeah I agree Michigan would hire they would promote from within Shout out to Hugh Freeze and James Franklin for making lazy excuses for why their team got blown out. Then again, do we expect anything less? Freeze won't last long at all. No, um, no, that that I thought was so bad on on so many levels because, one, you're throwing people under the bus, and as a leader, you shouldn't do that. But two, as a $6.5 million a year football coach, you said out loud that you didn't try your hardest to win a game. And if I were an Auburn fan that spent my weekend, my New Year's weekend in Nashville, imagine how expensive that trip was. Just to hear my coach say I didn't game plan much going into the game because I was too busy recruiting. And then I look around, look around college football, and I see Lane Kiffin's team was ready to play. Eli Drinkwitz's team was ready to play. Mike Loxley's team was ready to play yours. He had opt-outs, including his quarterback, but he found a way to play. Kirby Smart's team was ready to play despite being disappointed for, for not making the championship. Dabo Sweeney's team was ready to play in a meaningless bowl. So why why wasn't yours again? Hold on, you were recruiting? So Kirby Smart didn't recruit? Lane Kiffin didn't re- recruit? Eli Drinkwitz didn't recruit? Only you were, were busy recruiting, too busy to game plan? If I were an Auburn fan, I would be so mad hearing that. And they make excuses for him, and that's okay. They'll, they'll come to the realization uh, soon. But, yeah. You wouldn't put your money on the Ken Palm for this basketball season? Yeah, the, the, Ken Palm, the, the formula doesn't like Ole Miss because of the way the formula is formatted. Yeah, Keith, don't, don't worry about that i mean frankly i've i i'm afraid to say things like this because it changes fast but i mean i i've heard that that the judkins deal was was done like done done a few days ago and there's just waiting for an announcement but i i hesitate saying things like that because things do change very rapidly in this era and so i could it could be true a few days ago and not true anymore so i've i've kind of avoided it but um, unless something has changed, guys, since we've started recording, I, I think that uh, my advice to you now would be not to worry about it. The BCS would have gotten it right again. Yeah, how funny! How funny is that? But I think you know as much as I that if the playoff were at twelve teams, Georgia would probably be making a uh, a run uh, right now. So. I don't know uh, Tyler Jordan like that. I um, we follow each other on Twitter though, so maybe I'll, I'll send him a DM for you and, and ask him if that hat can become available. Yeah, Judkins is the last announcement that uh, that you're you're waiting on. Everybody else, I believe, is known. Um, so I, unless something changes in the next portal window, that's that's the last one. I disagree with this, Curtis. There, uh, you say there's a very good chance the 12-team playoff is marred by opt-outs, transfers, and injuries next year. I, I just I disagree with you completely. I, I do not think that you're going to see a high level of opt-outs in the playoffs. And I just I, I don't. I, I maybe it'll happen, but I don't see it going down like that at uh at all. With Ole Miss's schedule next year, you can chalk Georgia up to a loss. You don't think so, just for the sake of the point, and only lose one of LSU, Oklahoma, et cetera, and you're a shoe in No need to dread a Georgia on your schedule. In general, you get the two losses to the playoff. Two losses will all be a guarantee. I agree. I, I do think that you're um, – I think you're right. I think if you get to 10 wins in the SEC, you're going to make the playoff. Basically every year. I know I know that the Judkins comments in here are being posted by Ned Schneebly. I, I get the reference. It's from School of Rock. It's a great movie. Uh, but not everybody has their real name on here. That's okay. I wasn't taking I, I At first, his first comment, I thought he was being genuine. And then after that, it was clear that he was just trolling. Yes, today is the last day to enter the portal, but because of paperwork deals, uh, y- you could have a delay in like, when that actually gets filed and the, in- and the announcement comes out. So just because a name hasn't been put in the portal yet uh, doesn't necessarily mean that you're safe, but still. Oklahoma is breaking in a new O-line with a freshman quarterback. That's not a recipe for success. No, it is not. Thoughts on Dayton Wade for going for the draft doesn't really make much sense to you. He's been in college for a long time, you know, and I think that, that there's not much more that he can do to improve his stock uh, because his issue, I mean, he's, he's got physical limitations, uh, right? His, his size is going to be a detriment, but he he put really good stuff on, on film this year and and he didn't get hurt. And I think that what's going to be knocked against him in NFL circles is it cannot be improved with another season of college. And he's not going to command high dollar the way that a Trey Harris would. And I don't know what Harris is getting, but Harris is is able to command more money than that of Wade. And so he's got his health. He put a lot of really good stuff on tape. And I don't think he can improve his stock much because the things that are going to be knocked against him, he can't change. And so when you factor all of that into one pot, and, and I assume he's got probably two degrees by now, maybe he's just ready to move on and give it a shot. So You would love for someone to ask Freeze today if he still feels like he leapfrogged his last SEC program. Yeah, I remember that quote all too well. Fathom the excitement, buildup, and stage of a 12-team playoff will be the greatest spectacle. And we, knock on wood, should be a part of that discussion, at least for most of next uh, next year. Corey, you, you were just a year too early on your 11-1 and prediction, man. What's Borky code for? Idiot, uh, apparently. Is old Miss in on the freshman lineman from LSU? Certainly seems to be that way. You know, like that, the fact by November 1st, we will all but have it in the clubhouse. Not necessarily that the, the the bottom seeds in the playoff will still be fighting for that playoff spot after November 1st. The tops will be different, but still. But you do think the playoff will be fun, especially if this year is any indication. Absolutely. I mean, Ole Miss, Penn State would have been a playoff game. You know, I mean, Georgia would have gotten another shot. Uh, Ohio State at full strength, I mean, if you think that that Ohio State team couldn't line up and beat in Alabama, I think you're crazy. Um, they had the personnel to do it. I mean, th- this year would have been a really fun 12-team playoff because Oregon could have won a, a playoff game. Oregon could have. Ole Miss could have. Ohio State could have. Georgia obviously could have. A lot of options there. Ole Miss had the more impressive bowl win because of uh, who they played, meaning like who was actually on the field for the team that they played. I think Ole Miss was more impressive, but but I mean Georgia won by sixty, so how can you not be impressed by that? It's six of one, half dozen half dozen of another. Yeah, Ole Miss would have beaten Florida State by forty plus also, so. You just wait for the debate when a two-loss Big 12 team gets in over an SEC team with four losses, but all we we are against top 15 teams on the road, but all were against top 15 teams and on the road. I understand that, but if you lose four games, it's on you. It's just on you. I think you lose the debate in that situation. It's, it's just on you. Yeah, Ohio State was fighting with one hand behind their back, especially when the guy that they got ready for the game got hurt in like the second possession or whatever it was. Rivalry games will still be intense in November. Ten and one or nine and two, Ole Miss will have fans nervous playing a five or six win state team. Playing spoiler, absolutely, and you'll have that across rivalry uh, rivalry weekend. So, um, yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be pretty crazy. But anyway, I got to run, guys. This went long, but that's a good thing. I appreciate you being here. This uh, this was a lot of fun. We'll be back on Thursday. On Thursday, eight o'clock. It'll be a little bit later start on uh, on Thursday, eight or just after eight. On, uh, on Thursday Brandon man are you PTG Brandon at it again thanks man holy crap um Wow I don't I don't even know what to say thank you for uh, for the super chat yes plenty of great content coming our way over the uh, the next few months PTG Brandon you are uh, you're a, you're a rock star man uh, thank you uh, what the hell is wrong with the rest of you guys <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding I'm just kidding. No, thank you a lot. Thank you a lot, PTG. Brandon. you are the man. So, yes, plenty of discussion come the next few months. I'm excited for basketball. Saturday's going to be fun, man. So uh, we'll we'll get to talk. Uh, we'll get to loop state back into these conversations again because uh, they've got a good basketball team. Uh, but uh, Ole Miss as well. So, anyway, see you guys Thursday. We'll talk a lot of football on Thursday. And also, we'll get into the basketball games on uh, on Saturday as well. So thank you, guys. I appreciate you. And, uh, and we'll talk to you on uh, Thursday. See you then. A Super Talk Mississippi ah. media production.